0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Adventures in Angular Show. This week on our panel we have Ward Bell. Hello. Alyssa Nichol. Hey hey. Joe Eames. Hey everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. Um, and this week we're gonna be talking about this NG Doc thing. <laughs> uh, Joe, do you want to tell us about this NG Doc thing?
1: Sure. It's a uh, website that uh collates all of the community content that's out there about Angular. So it's its aim is to be a list of every piece of community produced content about Angular, whether that be blogs, videos, courses, applications, podcasts. Uh, anything hmm, never thought of podcasts. <laughs> I uh, certainly could put podcasts on there as well. So we just thought about adding the new type of like sample projects and apps to it as well. So, but all community content, the purpose being if you want to learn Angular, right? The official docs are great, and they teach you a lot of stuff. But other people's opinions and experiences that they um, author content for is just as valuable as the official docs uh, because they give you more. Views of the same thing. And also, they dive into stuff that the official docs don't, how how tos and things like that. And I've always felt like um, my bookmarks just get full with all these articles that I find, blog posts and such that I want to check out that are interesting and show me how to do something. And then trying to refine them later on is difficult because Google searching is, you know, kind of a sometimes a hot mess, especially now that we have two versions of Angular that are completely independent of each other.
0: (laughs) Yep. Have you ever felt like you're falling behind or that the programming world is moving so fast that it's impossible to keep up? Then there's the issue of knowing where to go to make sure you're up to date. Well, the answer is to join a community dedicated to discussing the latest in Angular. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you got adventures in Angular all day? Well, you can, kind of. We've set up a Slack team for adventures in Angular that you can join. And that means you can connect with our listeners and guests on a platform you're most likely already using. Plus, we've set up a Keeping Current channel that pulls stories from across the web to help you know what people are talking about. And coming soon, we'll be holding monthly webinars and roundtable video chats to connect with experts in the community and with each other. So come join us at adventuresinangular.com slash slack.
1: Because Google searching is, you know, kind of a, sometimes a hot mess, especially now that we have two versions of Angular that are completely independent of each other. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. So, uh, this, this was the project that you were working on when we talked about when Joe gets mean, right?
1: That's right. That's right. This is that project. Uh, I decided to do this in mean because <laughs> the documentation for the for Angular fire that I found was the wrong documentation. <laughs> <laughs> if you just google angular fire 2 it points you at, at least at least it did this is back when i started the project a few months ago it pointed you to this wrong place this very out of date blog post from i don't know six months before so i thought that there was no good documentation on angular fire 2 and so i thought well i can't do it there i'll just do it with it in the mean stack so that's that was literally why the technology choice for this stack was because I could not find the proper documentation for
2: Angular Fire. Which is actually kind of ironic. Yeah, isn't because that ironic? Of the point of the site is to make you know, documentation um, or articles or tutorials more accessible um, mm-hmm. so that hopefully in the future you have more options than, <laughs> well, I found one <laughs> tutorial, so I'm doing it this way.
1: <laughs> right, right. Isn't that, that is quite ironic. I haven't thought about that until just now. <laughs>
0: So so what's kind of the hope here then? Is it just to gather this information or, or are you kind of hoping to lead people to the best of the documentation or is it more of an encyclopedic index of the internet?
1: Um, certainly the main idea is just to be an encyclopedic index, right? But we do have plans to add more value in things like trying to point out um, which documentation might be uh, more well-received than others. So one of the things, obviously, is we're keeping track of the date that articles and videos are published. So one thing you can do is try to find more um, recent and more up-to-date documentation. And if you don't can't find documentation on something you're looking for that's up more up-to-date and you need to do something that's a little bit more out-of-date, at least you're aware of that when you decide to head over there. And so that's part of it is just getting up to date documentation. But beyond that, there is uh, in the works, some plans to do things like, oh, maybe up starring starring or favoriting or something like that. I want to be careful about it because I don't want to mislead people to the wrong place simply because that was something, you know, somebody stars something and nothing else has a star. So people go to that blog article and they see it and then it goes on and on and on and after that. So I'm very hesitant to do just something willy nilly of like adding stars or ratings or something like that. um, And then find out that it's just because that was the first one that people looked at. That's why it started getting popular.
0: I can see that though. I, I have to say that in a lot of cases, the places out there that do have the upvote or the stars or whatever, it does make it pretty easy to find good stuff.
1: So I mean, if I felt like it was good stuff, what I'd really like to do. And you know, the whole point of this was not just for me to go around and find all the blog articles and videos and put them in there, even though that's primarily what it's been so far of the 350 ish, Uh, resources that are on there. I've brought about 200 of them between myself and a couple of people that I'm paying to help me out. But it's for the community itself to bring all the content here. And so what I'd ultimately like is for there to be not just a simple star, but for the community itself to come around and say, yeah, these articles are good, not just because this one's better than this one in a more uh, subjective manner. Because people actually read both articles and uh, – or people that are reading the articles are really saying, yes, this is good versus this is the one I found, so I'm just upvoting it, right?
2: Mm. <laughs> how do you – I'm curious, though, like even through a UI perspective how you would I almost encourage that more versus
1: – Yeah, that's a good question. I need uh, my co-creator to uh, help me figure something like that out. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> – uh yeah, Alyssa came on uh, pretty early in the process and helped me uh, design and build the thing. I've been doing most of the programming and she's been doing so far, primarily just uh, UI and UX implementation. We make a pretty good team so far.
2: Mm, yes.
1: <laughs> but we've definitely been brainstorming a lot about the features to put into it. So. As of right now, I don't want to put stars in or upvoting or something like that until I feel like it's going to accomplish the goal that I want, which is that if you see something that says, hey, this is a really good article, you know that, yes, that is actually a good article and it's not misleading. But Mm -hmm. how to do that from a UX perspective, a UI perspective, I'm not really sure. And the other thing I don't want to have is people to get content that's rated poorly simply because it doesn't look as pretty. Right. If they're not using a nice theme on their blog engine, somebody goes in and just goes ew, and then goes back out, mm-hmm. and downvotes it. So, or it's because it's out of date. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean the content isn't good just because it's out of date. Now, if it's irrelevant, um, but again, the the version numbers are matched, so eventually you'll be able to filter and say, I only want to see stuff that truly is, you know, fairly up to date. For what I'm looking for. I don't want to look at beta content for Angular 2, for example. So in that case, even the beta content shouldn't get low vote, low volts, votes just because, or downvoted just because it's old and out of date compared to right. the current version. I mean it was up to date when it was produced and that was that was fine. And mm-hmm. maybe somebody still got a production version that they put into production during beta and haven't been able to upgrade it. And so they're looking for beta content.
0: So a a couple of questions that I have, first of all, just for the general purpose user who's going to come to this and say, hey, this could really help me figure out how to use Angular or how to do a specific thing that I want to do in Angular. How do those people go about finding the content they want to find on ng-doc?
1: So the content is all tagged, and there's about 20 top-level tags, which are the 20 um, most Not necessarily popular, but most general tags you might find. So, for example, routing, right? There's a tag for routing. So that way you can go in there and you can select the routing tag and you'll see all the articles. And you also select a version that defaults to uh, the current version of Angular, not the uh, old AngularJS. And so you select a version and you select a tag and then it gives you all those articles. Then from there, it shows you if you want to drill down further and and limit your search results by the tag, you can do that as well. And so this is a way to say, well, I want to figure out routing, or I'm doing some routing, or boy, I really want to figure out uh, route guards. You know, I need to I need to implement those, and I've been trying, and I looked at the, I've been following along with this tutorial, but there's something I don't understand, so I want to look at some blog articles that show me how to do that. And that's what this is designed around: is I want to learn a specific topic. Of course, there's uh, tags for things like just getting started, which is basic tutorials about Angular as well. And so you can start there as well. But it's all, the central part of it is going to be around tags. There is some searching facility by, you know, keyword searching. But that is far less of a priority for ng-doc. It's really about the topics is the, is the high-level priority.
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing that I'm wondering then is let's say that um, I have a list of articles that I really like about Angular. How do I submit those to ng-docs so that everybody else can benefit from that?
1: So it's super, that's extremely simple, right? You go in and you just log in with your Google account. And once you're logged in, there's a second menu. There's a menu option that lets you add a resource. And then from there, there's a small, a simple field, a little simple form with about six or eight fields on it that you put in. And there's some tagging. And then it just gets submitted for review. And then... Right now, I'm doing all the review. At some point, I hope that I'll have community help to help me um, review submitted articles. But I go through and I make sure that the version number that they selected was correct, that the tags are, tagging is such a subjective thing. And so I wanna make sure that they're not creating like a duplicate tag with a slightly different name, or they're not over-tagging it or under-tagging it. And so I review everything and make sure that it looks good and it's consistent and then I improve it. And also that makes me allows me to make sure that we don't get spam and ads and stuff submitted. But yeah, other than that, it's really a really simple process. You fill out a few fields and then click save. So
0: one other thing I asked you about before the show and you kind of went, What? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna bring it up because I think it's an interesting angle on this and that is um So I asked you if you had like an RSS feed, because one of the things that I've done is I've used RSS feeds and similar things to basically create Slack bots so that as new stuff comes up, like on Reddit or um, some of these other sharing sites, that it just posts it to a Slack channel that I have. And that way I can look and say, oh, that looks interesting or that's gotten a lot of upvotes on Uh, Reddit or something like that. And then I can actually go check it out and figure out, you know, what's going on there. And I was thinking, okay, a resource like this, it'd be nice to be able to pull that in. And um, yeah, so you didn't see the use case for it, but I'm wondering, okay, if there's something that I want to add to this, um, is there, is this open source? Is there a way to contribute to this?
1: So it's not open source right now. And there's um, one main reason for that. And that is when I was putting it together. I didn't want to allow access to the production database to uh, random people, mm-hmm. and so trying to figure out how to get the keep the password out of the open source uh, out of the source code um, was just something I didn't want to deal with too much. So it was just easier to throw it into a private repo. And at least currently, I've had very little contribution. We've got one contribution from uh, Maxim Salnikov, who uh, added some PWA capability to it and updated the version for me. So, but I'm definitely open to contribution. Um, but right now, I haven't open sourced it yet, and I've I haven't necessarily considered whether or not I will. I, I again, this I want this to be a community-driven uh, project, and I eventually do want this to be as much ran by the community as possible, as much as possible. But I also want it to be very curated. I don't want to end up in a situation where it's a big garbage dump for just random crap, and it becomes useless because it's just a bunch of noise and no signal. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the source code, that's, you know, so that's my primary goal for the content, right? When it comes to the source code, it's not, it just hasn't become a consideration of, or are people going to want to contribute? And then um, I've also heard all these horror stories about people dealing with submitted issues about the uh, project and too many ideas and too many pull requests. and It becomes a full-time or part-time job just to manage that part of it. And so I'd rather it has less features But has all the content then that i have a whole bunch of people that are trying to submit a bunch of features and make it overly feature rich and then have it that get in the way of just making sure that the content that gets up there is clean and useful that being said i do have a lot of features i want to add like the laundry list gets longer faster than i can check things off so i do (laughs) want to get community contribution uh, on this but right now it's sort of like um i'm just allowing contributors to be become be added to the private repo people that I know that I can trust that won't go in and, you know, delete the database or something, (laughs) clear out the data.
3: Well, there goes me. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Uh, so, so what's the, what's the sustainability plan? I mean, it's a noble thing you're doing there and I really appreciate it. Um, but, uh, these things can start with a lot of energy and then, uh, so, have you given some thought to how, I mean, I, one never knows ahead of time, right? But is there <clears throat> is there a commercial backing to this? Is there, uh, is there something that can,
1: what, what's going to keep it going? As of right now, the costs are so minimal. It's not an issue to uh, maintain it from a financial standpoint. So, therefore, I don't have to worry about the commercial aspects of it. Um, but there's your time. I mean, your time is yeah. something. Yeah. And so, uh, as long as I've got time, and that's one reason why I want to get community contributors on here that act as editors and stuff, right? So that we have a small handful of people that get notified when a new article is submitted and they can go on and review the article and approve it. And in the long run, it won't take very much of my time at all to manage the project. I don't know if there'll be, um, if I'll have to find some way to pay the costs uh, through this, but. Uh, certainly, doing something simple like what Chuck does, where you throw a banner ad uh, somewhere on there, and that pays for the cost of hosting and stuff, wouldn't be out out of the question. But right now, I just want this to be a community project um, that gives people the resources to learn. So I don't know how to. I don't know what it'll be like in a year. I just know what it's like right now.
3: Are you casting your own net out to get stuff, or is it a combination of your net and people's contributions? Or
1: so I've had about fifty articles submitted so far, uh, resources submitted so far since I announced it uh, almost two weeks ago. And then, I, as I said, I put in about two hundred and fifty. Of course, I've of those two hundred and fifty, like myself, I probably put on a put up one hundred and fifty of those together. And then I have paid a couple of people, my daughter, for example to spend some time doing Google searches that I specified and they put stuff in that then I, I then review. So, uh, primarily I want all the content to be contributed by the community. In the end, I don't want to be doing any finding of content, but I assume that at least for the next few months, um, I'll be doing spending a lot of my time uh, finding the content myself.
3: Are you limiting it to free content or are you going to have a sort of like, Hey, and you might have to pay to get this stuff over here at plural site or at egg head, but it's worth it or. Yeah. It I don't want to out? limit
1: it to just free content. Um, maybe it'd be nice to somehow denote which ones are paid, but to, to be honest, you know, it's a simple thing to just click on a link and you go there and then you figure out that it costs money. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it, if you label it, that can get out of date because courses go free for a while on promotions and stuff. So I don't know right now if I'd mark things that were paid as paid. Uh, but I don't want to limit it to just free stuff because a lot of the paid stuff like Egghead, um, is got they got great content yeah, know, they do. for all kinds yeah. of stuff. Site has like five or six really good courses, seven really good courses on And it's one of the best places, in my opinion, to learn Angular is Pluralsight. So uh, I'd like it to make it easy for people to go and see what Pluralsight courses are available on Angular. Uh, So no, I'm not going to limit it to just free content. Um, Do you have some mechanism to track
3: which uh, links are most heavily viewed as opposed to thumbed up, thumbed down? Or does that matter? Not
1: yet. Not yet, I do want to put in those kinds of metrics to watch even I don't know if I'd utilize that. I don't have a plan necessarily to utilize that, but at least for now, um, it would be interesting to see which ones um, are utilized more and, and clicked on more. And is it just because these sort to the top, right, that they're clicked on more, or is it there's some other reason. But I don't. I would be hesitant to show that just because it might mislead people. Oh right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What's most popular? I guess.
3: Um, It's not that hard to throw uh, Google Analytics on something. So that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It might be a way. Um, It's interesting. It's interesting challenge. Yeah. To manage manage content sites.
1: And I also want it to be a resource where people can keep up to date with new content that's produced. Right. So hopefully at some point this becomes a very popular resource and as people blog, you know, certainly after they publish their blog, they'll head over here and submit their blog article here. And then I'd like to produce, you know, like with Chuck, your idea for the RSS feed, I hadn't considered that one, but also things like I want to, I've got a Twitter account for it. I want to have the Twitter account tweet out every time a new article has been approved. And then also, potentially like an email newsletter where you just get mm-hmm. emailed like once a week. And here's a list of all the articles that have been added to NG doc in the last week. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that people who are looking for current content, right. A new content uh, can easily stay up to date with that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now you, you've been talking about this, like it's community driven community submissions. Um, but then you're also talking about curation and, approval so are are you going to try and remove yourself from the approval process as well and what what's the bar for getting approved does it have to be current or does it just have to be relevant are you trying to figure out how to stay current with ruby and rails I'm putting on a two-day online conference called Ruby Remote Conf. You can check it out at rubyremoteconf.com. Like I said, it's a two-day conference where you can come and listen to speakers and experts from all around the world talk to you about issues pertaining to Ruby and web development. We have an online Slack channel, a roundtable discussion on Zoom, and all of the talks are given over Google Hangouts, and all of the talks will be streamed to you live. Come check us out at rubyremoteconf.com. What's the bar for getting approved? Does it have to be current or does it just have to be relevant?
1: Uh, it just has to be applicable to Angular in some way, shape, or form. That's really the only criteria. So cur- current and relevant are not uh, criteria. So I even want the old Angular 2 alpha documentation to be in there. For one reason, that there's still topics that are talking about Angular alpha that aren't 100% uh, correct. But have some content that just hasn't been reduplicated in uh, current form, right? So, whether that's somebody's opinions about things or uh, here's how I solve this problem, right? There's still value in even the old content. Now, you're probably gonna, people are probably not going to start delving into alpha blog posts right now, but eventually you might be looking for something very, very, very specific and you only find it in an alpha blog post, Mm -hmm. in which case, I want that to be on there too. So now, right now, the only um, criteria is that it actually is you know, relevant or it's just, it's it's about Angular.
2: That's yeah, I think criteria. the primary reason for curation um, is more for uh, like anything inappropriate or for anything um, inaccurate, like they got the author wrong or something along those lines. Am I correct, Joe? I don't yeah, think it was exactly. necessarily, this isn't Angular, but it's more of, Uh, Let's not put that inappropriate content on here because it's not even dev-related kind of thing.
1: Right. Exactly. Quite true.
0: Yeah, I'm going to submit a bunch of physics articles about angular velocity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You would, Chuck. You would.
0: (laughs) That's my name. Don't wear it out. (laughs)
3: So where it, it, did you want to talk a little bit about behind the scenes? What's under the hood? I mean, we talked about this was your mean project. Right. Um, is there, and we talked, you know, about your sort of investigating that world a couple of shows ago. Uh, in the interim, have you made some profound discoveries?
1: Um, yeah, I definitely have. And I know that we talked about running like a follow-up uh, session to our meme to Joe gets mean discussion and I think there's enough content in there to really talk through that, uh, and take more time than just a few minutes. So for at least now, I think I want to hold off on too much of the technical discussion. If we want to just talk about like implementation choices, right? That would be okay. But I think there's plenty, there's enough content or enough topic and discussion in there for things that I discovered while building this, you know, since that last, uh, uh, episode yeah. that we had, that it's worth spending more time than just a few minutes on it. So yeah. it's, it's a Mongo. I'm using Mongo Atlas, which is their cloud-based service. And uh, I'm just using Express. That was a choice just because I'm comfortable with Express. And then it's all in Angular. Right now it's Angular 2.4, but we've got the pull request to update it to 4. So it'll be updated to 4 in the next few days or something.
0: So one thing that I'm curious about, because you brought Aly- Alyssa on and you talked about how she's helped you with a lot of the UI focus stuff and, you know, just just making it easy to use. And it seems pretty intuitive to me, but I'm wondering what parts of that did you just not get that she was uh, great at?
1: Oh, well, for one thing, I'm just definitely not good with CSS. So not only so I initially hired a designer who's a buddy of mine and he kept me like a buddy discount and have him come up with the initial design. And I kind of pointed him at the official documentation and said, it wants to, I want it to, you know, be similar and reminiscent of the official documentation, but its own thing. So I hired him and told him, you know, keep your bill as low as possible, but get me a nice design. And he also worked with me on a logo and some, uh, stickers that we put out at ng-conf, but, Then at a certain point, I could only, you know, I didn't want to keep running my bill up with him. And I also needed some help taking his designs and just implementing them in CSS. And we had this conversation on the show a while ago about CSS and Alyssa, about Bootstrap and Alyssa going off on how horrible Bootstrap was. (laughs) And there was actually some technical problems with putting Bootstrap into the project too. Bootstrap and Angular 2, sorry, the current version of Angular, do not play well together. Particularly, it's it's actually really hard to use resources that just want to be script tags that also rely on jQuery. There's some conflicts that go on. So somebody had this project that I implemented uh, for Bootstrap, but it added a whole bunch of size to the bundle, and so it was you know an extra like half half of a k, or sorry half a meg for just that. And I knew that I wasn't utilizing most of what was there. I actually was doing a lot of using for the controls. I was using a uh, and uh, Prime faces their stuff, so I um I didn't I knew I didn't need Bootstrap, so I talked to Alyssa and, and reached out to her and said, "Hey, I'm working on this project. This is what it is. Would you like to come contribute and help me with the CSS implementation?" And she was, of course, so happy to say, "Absolutely!"
2: <laughs> and
1: so she came in and took his designs that my the, the designer had put together. And, um, she did all the implementation for it and actually it ended up funny. Uh, her husband, Zach ended up doing some help at ngconf. We were dealing with some like last minute mobile. Maybe you could talk more about that Alyssa.
2: Oh yeah. That was really funny. Cause we, when you announced it, I was like, I was like, oh, yay. And so I pulled it up on my phone and I was like, oh no, <laughs> because the nav was not looking so hot and. It turns out, um, well, I mean, I always knew this, um, but I was super special and didn't double check. But whenever you resize or you even do, like in Chrome, you can do, like, pretend I'm on an iPad, pretend I'm on a phone, and it'll make your browser that size. You guys know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. in the inspector tools. So that um, isn't always 100% honest. And so... There are actually like two different bugs that were happening that weren't happening at all, no matter what size the Chrome browser was on the laptop. So um, (laughs) he leans over because we're like this is during like a talk because I just pulled it up on my phone after Joe's announcement. So he leans over and goes, he's like, "Do you have a do you have a cord? Can we plug in your phone?" I was like, yes, we plugged in the phone and opened it up in Safari and he's so good under pressure I think it took him seven minutes to write custom uh, like mobile styles he just he basically looked at um, the official docs so like the Angular site and was like let's just copy their styles I was like cool so he looked at that and wrote it up real quick and I was like deploy Joe deploy so (laughs) that was and it was funny because the rest of the day like I had I think two different people who were like hey there's a bug I was like I know Joe won't deploy (laughs) 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 so (laughs) But no, it was, um, it's great. I've, I've actually, he's the reason I got into development and he is, I call him a CSS God because there's nothing, I, I swear the man like could be under so much pressure. It's like, okay, if you don't style this in two seconds, your wife will die. And I think he could do it. Like, so. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. So yeah, um, that was a lot of fun and it was, it was really cool too, be getting to see him, uh, I don't know, delve into Angular more because he is an Ember dude. So that was oh, very interesting at the, the conference. But, yeah, so that's been a little bit of what we've done in ng-doc. And there's more, of course, like you said, features and styles and things that have not been deployed live yet. But we are trying to be really conscious about, like you said, voting, for instance. We don't just want to slap votes on there, and then all of a sudden somebody's blog that's not super famous and only gets one person looking at it is at the bottom of the list or something. So, yeah. Um, I'm by no means a UI UX expert, but um, I do want to try and solve some of these things in a, I guess, tactful way, right? Like I don't, I don't want to crush the hopes and dreams of bloggers out there. So
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> if, if you guys with your more experience have ideas, throw them at me and Joe, we'd love to hear them. So,
0: Yep. So one other thing that I just wanted to dig into here, you have angular JS and then angular, which is two plus, um, I guess, I guess I'm gonna answer my own question because I was just gonna say, you know, how much content is still being created for Angular JS. But there are a lot of people out there still using it, so I'm assuming there's plenty.
1: Well, yeah. As far as new content, I don't see as I've been going around and uh, searching for content to add. I don't see as much content about Angular JS that's been created in the last. Oh, I don't know. Four or five months, but there's still tons of actual resources out there. And I, as the there becomes more and more Angular 2 content, the same problem, one of the core problems that I'm trying to solve, which is just getting the wrong results when you do a Google search for something about Angular, uh, fixing that. That's going to become just as bad for people that are looking for Angular 1 solutions as for people that are looking for the current version of Angular. Uh, for articles about that, right? Because now people that are using Angular JS, they go and search. I mean, if you just Google Angular JS based routing, you're going to find content about Angular 2's routing. There's, mm-hmm. it, that's going to show up. Now, it, uh, I haven't like done that particular search and looked and and seen what's how the rankings are. But the fact of the matter is, Google just does not understand the difference between the versions. So I do want Angular JS content to get put into here, so this is a place for people to find, you know, AngularJS content. But certainly for me, it's not been the priority is to find that content. I'm adding it as as I come across it as I'm searching for content specifically to Angular, but it's not necessarily priority. But I hope the community, again, comes in and contributes and starts adding at least, you know, a lot of the more popular content. Again, like you said, a lot of people are still using it. So there's a lot of people that are coming onto Teams that have never done Angular before, and they have to... Maintain the project that, and that's written in AngularJS. So they're going to need to learn AngularJS and they want to find all this great content that's put out there as well. And so I want them to know that this is a place to come and find that content. And that's actually created some interesting issues with like uh, tagging as well, right? Because in Angular 1.5, they introduced components. And in Angular 2, there are components. So the same tag components, Mm. right, actually applies to both, and you have to select which filter. But if you just – there isn't a way on the site right now to just find content based on a tag across all versions. Uh, But if you could, you would actually see – for you know, AngularJS components and Angular components content. Or the same thing for routing, right? I use the same tag for AngularJS routing and Angular <laughs> routing. I don't have two different tags. Uh, oh, for that. to
2: even further the fun confusion, I'm I'm going to post this uh, it's like an Angular one developing a tabs component article. And like it's not talking about either of those components, right? Like <laughs> right. I love it so much. We like noun confusion.
0: (laughs) Well, we're back to the old filter
1: filter jokes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's quite true. So, but I really do hope that the, uh, as people start utilizing this more that they'll think to come back here when they, you know, you come here and you find some content and then maybe you don't find what you're looking for. So you start then going doing some Google searching and then you do find what you want. And so then you come back and add it in here when you find something that it isn't in NGDOC already. So I hope that the community really steps up with that. And also I hope that some people start coming forward and saying, hey, I'd like to spend, you know, a little bit of time helping you with the curation as well and then i can start having you know adding people to the curation team uh, as well that's definitely some needs that i've got
0: nice now joe i have to ask this is it fully tested
1: it's not
2: <gasps> oh! <laughs> can you believe it yeah
1: i i <laughs>
3: Go ahead. I want to hear the excuses. This
1: is the best part of the... Uh, The excuses I didn't write tests for it. (laughs) So um, I am a huge proponent of testing. That is definitely true. But I have said, I think... I'm not sure if it's on this show, but I have said on JavaScript Jabber that my most uh, successful project had zero tests... And it was not done with any pair programming. And it was my most successful and stable project that I've ever done. Right. And there was a reason for that. And that was because one guy, me, built the entire thing. It was a pretty, it was still pretty fairly, it was like medium sized, right? About 10 or 15,000 lines of code. So it was, it was, and I was actively working on it like full time essentially. So it all fit inside my head. Right. And so because of that, I feel less of an urge to test my code until I start seeing a point where I need to test it. For example, if I have more than one developer working on code, all of a sudden that makes a big deal to me. Um, if, I'm not, if I'm spacing out the work on it over a longer time period so that when I come back, I might forget why I wrote a piece of code. As long as I'm doing it within a couple of months' time span, I'm kind of okay not writing tests uh, about it. Uh, in my code, and if I'm keeping it to you know 10-ish thousand lines of code, I'm kind of okay not writing tests. But that being said, I do believe that tests are always a good idea, and there are plans to put tests in, of course. But because I know this will grow and I'll be maintaining this for the next couple, you know few years, so that's going to be when the value of tests will really shine out. Over right now, but no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't test this. I really did want to learn. Uh, to do my first like, test-driven development project in Angular 2 using this project. But I didn't have the time to invest to go through that process, unfortunately. So.
3: Well, the, the, um,
1: our viewers, our readers,
3: our listeners cannot hear John Papa because his mic is not good. But he just dropped a good one in here, which is that uh, in our... Comments, which is that um, it, it's an example of uh, of true enterprise application development. Yes,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite true. <laughs> and and as, for all my double talk, or for all my talk about, you know, the tests are a little bit less important right now. The sad truth of the matter is is that they they do matter and they it should have tests and that's a problem with the code. Uh, Let me also mention that I've got one controller written in Express, you know, in Node that's I don't know five hundred lines long. (laughs)
3: Oh, Oh. Oh. hey Joe, I'm looking here at your code and and I see a component that has sixty thousand
0: lines. What's up with that? (laughs) Whatever it takes to make it work, right? All right.
3: Surprise development, friends. It's
1: (laughs) 350 (laughs) lines of code. They're all in regions. It's all in regions, so that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all in regions. That's the solution right there. If it's in regions, it doesn't matter. It's like different files.
3: Right. And, you know, the great thing about
1: putting it all in one file is you know where it is. It's there somewhere.
0: Right. That's right.
1: That's what what, uh, searches for. I was definitely scrambling the last like seven days before ngconf because I wanted there was a certain set of features that had to be complete and a lot of those were UI related. And uh, I was scrambling every spare minute I could get while trying to also, you know, run and prepare ngconf to put these last few features in so that I felt comfortable launching it. And it, you know, it got a little touch and go there whether or not I was going to it was going to be ready to launch or I was going to call it off. Which would have been funny the, because we had stickers in everybody's bags. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: there's not a listener here who hasn't been exactly where you are and, yeah, right. and doesn't have tremendous sympathy, even as they heap scorn upon you.
1: Right. right.
0: And so, they've made the same lame excuses, too.
1: Let it be known. If anybody tweets out and mentions my name that Joe does not always practice what he preaches, I will favorite that tweet. <laughs> well, you need a new stickers. You need new stickers that say, look, ma, no tests.
0: <laughs> Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com.
3: stickers that say look ma no tests <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well i'm gonna push this into picks because uh okay. yeah we've, we've kind of exhausted our time um Alyssa, do you want to start us with picks this week
2: i am going very soon i think like two weeks three weeks i should really know this date um on a boat it's called ng cruise and I think until that's done, that has to be my main pick because I'm so excited. I'm going to be doing an animations talk on the boat. So, yes, that is my pick. NG Cruz.
0: I so want to be there, but I can't. <laughs> um, Joe, what are your picks?
1: All right. So I'm going to pick uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's my pick for this week. I... Uh, Alyssa convinced me to come and play Dungeons & Dragons with her at NG Comp so on Monday night before NG Comp the only night I figured I'd have any time to devote to doing something uh, fun uh, we scheduled and played in Dungeons & Dragons of course somebody dogged us but I won't throw out any names <coughs> Alyssa <coughs> so
0: she didn't show so I ended up, but
1: it was fun I played with my 19 year old daughter's the first time she would played Dungeons & Dragons Katya Uh, a a friend of mine and then two guys that I'd met for the very first time, and we had an absolute blast. And right after NG Conf, I went on vacation out of California, and we spent some time with some friends of ours, and they have an eight-year-old nine-year-old daughter. My daughter was telling her about Dungeons and Dragons, and she got so excited she wanted to play. So we two nights in a row, we played a very simplified version of Dungeons and Dragons. And this little nine-year-old girl and my daughter Kati were both the dungeon masters. The co-dungeon master. Yep. And then myself, my son, and her older sister, who's 12, we all played uh, a couple of Knights of Dungeons and & Dragons. And I've, I've just forgotten how, much, how awesome it is to just go off in a, on an adventure in my mind with my friends. And so that's going to be my pick. Is If you haven't tried it, give it a try. Uh, just don't count on Alyssa showing up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I was like flying in late, and then I had like, oh yeah, that was what it was. It was shy. You guys know shy, right? Nobody, anybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, we're practicing until until the wrap. Oh, rap. is that what, was is right,
1: that why you weren't there? Uh,
2: yeah. I never did ask you, but
1: sorry, I didn't ask you.
2: <laughs> no, it was, it was good. It was worth it. The, I think the rap came out really well. So. <laughs> But I'm very sad that I missed that, although I hear they are trying to organize an online group, so might see you there. (laughs) Right.
0: All right, I'm going to jump in here with uh, a pick or so. Uh, I have this little bird uh, talking in my ear saying something about Angular Mix, angularmix.com. Looks like a pretty fun conference at Universal Studios in Orlando, Um, and registration opens um, probably the week of or the week after this comes out, so... Um, that's, that's kind of exciting. Um, I don't know if John Papa is organizing it, but he's speaking at it. Um, and it looks like the Angular core team is going to be there as well. So, um, probably some exciting stuff going to come out during that conference. And
2: yeah, I talked to him a little bit about it. I think, um, he's definitely helping like organize a bit. And there's, um, it's kind of like he, the way he described to me was it's more of in enterprise like for large teams and large apps, and you know, like what I don't know of another noun for that, but, anyways, that kind of conference versus um ngConf, which is, I guess, kind of a mix of everybody and all things, so it has a little bit of a different focus, but still fun. So, yeah, it's in and- an
3: October, it's in October, yeah. but the, the registration will open soon,
2: okay. Yep.
3: And uh, the roller coaster is really what gives away the enterprise character of it.
0: <laughs> that's what you get for no test, right? We've already covered this. <laughs>
3: yes, you see, you see the roller coaster as the main graphic, and you know it's an enterprise con. Definitely kind of very enterprisey because that's exactly what it's like. Um,
0: yeah, and it's, so it, it I, I says on there. here. It says on here the first 300 to register will receive an after 4 p.m. Universal ticket to go in the park with your colleagues. Because who doesn't want to go to an amusement park after the conference? <laughs> but this looks like a ton of fun.
3: Yeah. So I since you called Angie Cruz, I was <laughs> going to call out for um, Bodie McBoatface, which is...
2: that <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, re- re- re-
3: stuff? No, that actually, after all of the brouhaha about Bodie McBoatface in England. Which is a great story. They finally did christen a, a, a submersible research vessel, Bodie McBoatface, and who knows, <laughs> it might show up at Angie uh, Cruise. You never know. Just look. Make sure you're as you're leaning over the the rails there. For whatever reason, you may be leaning over the rails. Keep your eye out.
0: All right. Well, since we're talking about Angular conferences, uh, I'm going to throw one more out there, and that's Angular Remote Conference, which is in august so if you want to i think the cfp is also still open um so definitely uh, uh proposal your call or however you do that you submit your proposal anyway um if you want to speak um definitely come and then yeah i can usually i usually wind up doing a q a with the angular core team as like the final talk so if you're interested in staying up on things that way then come check it out um it's all online and uh so no roller coaster unless you uh your laptop on one um, but yeah should be a lot of fun and yeah I'll just put that out there as well that's something that I'm working on so awesome anyway um, I guess that's everything so um, go submit uh, your articles or your favorite uh, tutorials to ngdoc and if you want to help Joe and Alyssa out then let them know is the best way to do that just to tweet at you, Joe?
1: Yeah, for right now, we're going to be adding in more contact options into the app here soon and some ways to notify that, hey, this article is you know tagged incorrectly or something like that. But uh, for now, tweeting is the best. All right. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was going to get the link for Bodie face. And here's the headline. Bodie McBowface sinks in South Atlantic on her maiden <laughs> deployment. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God.
2: Oh, that hurts. No, this just in, folks, do not look for Bodie McBowface <laughs> not- at NGCon. We will, <laughs> oh, will not be gosh. on the cruise.
3: <laughs> You'll have to That's die. That's so this sad. Year. That is so oh, good. Oh, I hate to. Uh, Merce and others' misfortune. Just terrible.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, and uh, we'll catch everyone next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit dot to learn more.